Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. Good morning, everybody. You ready for the Word of God this morning? We're going to continue the Ephesians chapter 4 series. And so uh, let's all go to Ephesians chapter 4 together, shall we? Wonderful. I uh, just went out to the restroom a few moments ago and walking through there, the soup is smelling amazing. Just thought I'd mention that. We get to all enjoy it very shortly. So I want to continue the Ephesians uh, series and uh, the message notes are uh, accessible to you. We're not printing them at the moment, but you can print your own by going to the Bayside Church website. You'll find them there uh, under the message of the week and uh, just click on the media link. And they're also on the YouVersion Bible app as well. If you type in Bayside Church, um, a U, you will find them. Last week, we looked at mystery revealed and uh, uh, the fact in chapter 3 that all of the mysteries that were mysteries under the old covenant are now no longer mysteries they've all been revealed in Jesus Christ Um, we've used a statement uh, through this series uh, about information and revelation leading to transformation and that's if you're taking notes is the title of my message today I've done it in a equation form information plus revelation equals transformation and uh, Ephesians like so many of the letters of the Apostle Paul is divided into two sections the first part uh, the first three chapters in fact one two and three are all doctrinal they're about information and revelation he's telling us about who we are in Jesus and what we have in Jesus And then, uh, as we'll read in just a moment, at the beginning of chapter 4, he flips into a a different kind of um, zone, as it were, and he starts to teach how all that he has shared is played out in everyday life. He's on the basis of all of this, this is how you should live. And so the, uh, the first part is doctrinal, the second part is, uh, is more practical. It's about what we do and how we live on the basis of everything that he has just said. And so with that in mind, let's um, uh, <laughs> I'll just find chapter 4. I was in the book of Acts. I'm doing a stewie. <laughs> at, least I, at least I've got my glasses and I'm not making a spectacle of myself. <laughs> you, <laughs> you get yourself some of these, brothers. It, it lends to better eyesight. Moving right along, chapter 4 and verse 1. And uh, Paul reminds us, first of all, that he is a prisoner of the Lord. And so he is uh, under house arrest at this time. He's in the city of Rome. Uh, He was under house arrest, probably in his own rented house. And he was guarded by a centurion. He wasn't allowed outside the house. People were allowed to come and visit him. And he would continue to be encouraged by Christian uh, brothers and sisters. And also uh, people who were interested in the Christian message could come and visit him. And he wrote a number of letters while... While he was there uh, under house arrest he was uh, uh, he wrote Ephesians he wrote Philippians Colossians and also the little letter to Philemon and so as a prisoner for the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received that's our transition verse from 1 2 and 3 where he's talking about the calling that we have received in Jesus and he says now I want you to live up to that message I want you to live a life that reflects everything I've just taught you and now everything I'm about to teach you tells you how to live in that way and in this chapter 
we can divide it into three uh, headings, and I'm not going to cover everything uh, in this message today, but if you're taking notes, write these three things down. Number one, he talks about unity, which is what we're going to spend most of our time on today. That's verses one to six, unity. Number two is diversity, and that's uh, verses seven to 16. And then number three is purity, and that's verses 17 through to the end of the chapter, verse 32. Now, back in 2005, I taught a two-part series called Who's Your Minister? And that was some teaching on uh, particularly verses 7 to 16, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you go to the message notes, you'll find the link to that series. We've now uploaded dozens and dozens of teaching series uh, on our Bayside Church website, so you can go there. They're all under the headings of the series and there's lots and lots of messages. There's dozens and dozens of series and messages on lots of different subjects that you can access. So I encourage you, if you want some more teaching on Ephesians chapter 4 and those verses, have a listen to those messages or watch those messages online. But I want us to focus particularly on unity and diversity today because these are so important that we get these truths right. So let's read on. In uh, chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Literally putting up with one another. And there are times we have to do that. Verse 3, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Here he's talking about the unity that we already have in Jesus Christ. But the key verse is verse 3, and I, I want you to have another look at that. It starts with three words that are so vitally important. Make every effort. If you're still using a, a paper and pen, uh, sorry, a paper um, uh, Bible like I do, then underline those three words. If you're using a Bible app, I don't know if you've got one that you can bold or underline or whatever, but if you can, do that. Or write those three words down. Make every effort. And, the, and it says to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. In other words, church, we have unity in Jesus Unity already exists in God's church, but we have to keep it. And, and the very strong inference here is that because we have to make every effort to keep it, that there are possibilities for unity not to be kept. Make every effort. We've got to work hard at keeping it. And the reason for that is because that we're all so different. If you don't believe me, look around you. The very fact is that most of us would not know each other if it wasn't for Jesus. But we do know each other because of Jesus. But we're all so different. We have different tastes and different habits. We have different intellects and feelings. We have differences in opinion. We have different educations, temperaments. We are from different races. 63 different nationalities make up our Bayside Church family over the two locations. Different in gender and culture different economic and family background. We are all very different. And so the risk is because of our differences that we will fall out with one another. We will have challenges with one another. And that's why Paul says, make every effort to keep the unity 
that you already have. So when we don't keep make every effort, then disaster is the result. I've read of a number of uh, 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 disasters over the years. That, that, uh, some of them are funny, but they're all tragic when churches divide and churches split. There was a church I heard of quite a number of years ago that uh, they bought this or rather built this beautiful new building and uh, they decided that they would put a mural in the foyer and they decided or in agreement that they would do a mural of the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve before the fall with tastefully placed fig leaves. And they got there and on the first day an argument broke out between people in the church because the artist, shock horror, had put a belly button on Adam. And some people said, Adam wouldn't have had a belly button because he wasn't born, he was created. And other people said, no, but he's the prototype of all human beings. And so when God created Adam out of the dust, he would have just gone gidgy right in the middle of his tummy and made a belly button. Like really deep theological stuff we're talking about here. And the church ended up dividing and splitting over whether or not Adam had a belly button. That's what you call a naval disaster. And there was another church that divided over the color of hymn books. They had blue hymn books, but they'd been used a lot, and so some of them were getting a bit tattered. And so the church ordered some new ones, but instead of ordering blue ones, they ordered red ones. <gasps> but the people were like the blue hymn books because that reminded them of heaven, because that's kind of like the color of the sky on a sunny day. But the other ones said, but red reminds us of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And they divided over that, and the church split. Then there's Holy Creek Congregation in the United States that now has four services each Sunday in the same building to cater for the groups of people who couldn't agree as to where to put the piano stool in the church. So each faction now has its own separate service with its own separate pastor. The services are far enough apart that the groups will never come in contact with each other. An outside party comes in and moves the piano stool to different locations and appropriate positions between services so as to please all sides and avoid any further conflict that could result in violence. All over a piano stool. It should be behind the piano. Uh, you would think. And then in the northwest Louisiana town of Bossier City, an issue has divided both the congregation and the elders of Westminster Presbyterian Church. And these people have divided over the correct pronunciation of the equivalent of the letter W in the Hebrew alphabet. Some people said it should be pronounced as a W, and other people says it should be pronounced as a V. And so you've got Bar Mitzvah, for example, and some people saying it should be Bar Mitzvah. And uh, the name of God, Yahweh, should be Yahweh. And they divided over everything. Let me read a quote to you from the church's pastor, Michael French. He said, we had hoped it wouldn't come to this. In other words, the church split. But we've got to be firm in what we stand for. The letter is pronounced with a W, and that's all there is to it. We're not going to budge on this issue. Almost half of the church's membership, including three elders and the associate pastor, recently split to form a new congregation in town, which is very sad. And then, of course, there was the real church split, uh, which was a Baptist church, again in the States, unfortunately. They had a wooden building, and the church split, and half the congregation wanted half the building. And so in the middle of the night, they got a chainsaw and literally cut the building in half and hooked half the building up on the back of a truck and took it to another part of town. That's a real church split. 
How sad that is. The question that comes to my mind is how many people got saved in that town after the church behaved in that way? Methinks probably very few, if any. And that's why the Bible here, Paul says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. Have a look back at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6, because here Paul lists seven things that we should focus on in order to maintain unity in the church community. Look at verse 4. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Seven things. Whenever you read of seven things in Scripture, seven is the number of God, the number of perfection. So what he's saying here is when you focus as a church community on these seven things, that's how you make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Don't break unity. Let's look at those things quickly. One body. That's referring there not just to local congregations, but to the universal church. There is one church in the world. There are many expressions of church, but there is one church. I love a comment that was made by Roland Croucher many years ago when he was pastoring Blackburn Baptist Church, which is now Crossway Church. And he said, there is only one way to God, and that's through Jesus, but there are many ways to worship Jesus. That resonated with me. And rather than competing and rather than criticizing, I've learned over the years to appreciate the body of Christ and all of its different flavors and expressions. And, and finding people in each congregation uh, and expression who love the same God that we love and love the same Jesus that we love, and they just engage with God in that form of worship. I found traditional forms of worship that can be incredibly meaningful. A little while ago, uh, in the midst of when I had the shingles, I went to the Campion Centre in Kew, uh, where the Ignatians have uh, a retreat house. And I did a two-day retreat there uh, with Ignatian uh, spirituality. It was just absolutely wonderful. And I realised how fast I live and how busy I am. Kathy, you've done one of those. Robin, you've done one of those as well. It was absolutely stunning just to slow down for two days and center myself on the love of God and appreciating. They come from a totally different expression to us in our charismatic or Pentecostal worship, but there was a richness there that I needed at that particular point in time. I love the way we worship God here, and I, I love this style of worship, which is why Bayside has this style, and, and I take it that you come here because you probably like it as well. But let's appreciate uh, traditional styles of worship, our evangelical brothers and sisters and the way that they connect with God through Jesus as well as through Pentecostal and charismatic forms as one body. I'm excited about Church Unite. That's one of our key initiatives for 2014. We've hired out the Melbourne Exhibition Centre for October the 18th, 5 o'clock and 8 o'clock. Uh, we can fit five and a half thousand people in each time and it's about the body of Christ in Melbourne coming together to worship and pray. Deliberately we haven't chosen a guest speaker. We don't want someone coming along because there's some big name. Let's all go and hear Rick Warren. Let's all go and hear, hear Bill Johnson. Let's all go and hear Nicky Gumbel. No, let's go and worship Jesus. <laughs> He's the name above every name. Amen. 
There's one body, there's one spirit, that is the Holy Spirit who indwells every believer. There's one hope, that's the hope that comes from our shared salvation. And next time you struggle with a fellow believer, and we do and we will have our struggles and our difficulties in a church community. But the next time you have a struggle, remind yourself that you share a common salvation with that person. And one day you're going to live in the same heaven. True. Let's not be like those cemeteries that we still see around where they're divided. Even divided in death. You've got your Baptist section and you've got your Presbyterian section and you've got your Catholic se section. How tragic is that? Even divided in death. I've never seen an atheist section. Funny that. If I saw one, I wouldn't believe in it anyway. One hope, one Lord, that is Jesus, the Saviour of the world. We need to realise there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. One Lord, Jesus. One faith. And if we share the same faith and the same Lord, why shouldn't we be in unity? There's one baptism, and that's not talking here about baptism in water, because Christians divide over the method of baptism in water. This is talking about the baptism by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. When you say yes to Jesus, when anyone says yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes them and immerses them into the church. Part of the worldwide church, the universal church. There's one baptism. There's one God, not many gods, but one God. And we all love that same God. And that leads to unity. Jesus prayed in John 17, 21, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The best way that we as a local church can evangelize in our local community is by loving each other and demonstrating that love in practical ways. Other people see it and they go, wow. See how they love each other. That's what they said about the first century church. And they said, wow, see how they love each other. Let's join them. We'd like what they're having. Whereas when people split, when people argue, when people divide, the world looks at that and goes, I've got enough problems of my own without joining that mob. Jesus prayed that we would be one. In Ephesians chapter 4, in the first few verses that we read before, Paul lists four qualities that are needed to keep unity. If you're taking notes, let me give you, give you those four things really quickly. Number one is peace. These are qualities needed to keep unity. Peace. In other words, unity comes first from the inside rather than on externals. Doctrines, forms of worship are external. Now, there are certain doctrines, certain teachings that we need to hold strong on. I refer to them as the non-negotiables of the Christian faith. The non-negotiables are the things that uh, affect our salvation. So the non-negotiables, and there's only a few of them, these are the key truths of the Christian uh, faith. That is that God was born in human form, born of a virgin, so that he was a sinless human being, God in human form. He then died on a cross and rose again from the dead for our salvation, for our justification, that we would be declared not guilty. That's pretty well it. They're the non-negotiables. Everything else, you can read through scripture and people have different opinions on different things. 
and, and, and you can hold different opinions on different things because they don't affect your salvation. So you can discuss them and have opinions on them and you don't have to run around trying to convert everybody to your opinion on when Jesus is coming back, for example. Some people believe he's coming back before the rapture, sorry, before the tribulation. Some believe he's coming back in the middle of the tribulation. Some people believe he's coming back at the end of the tribulation. Some people don't even believe in a tribulation. Some people believe there's just one second coming rather than a rapture and a second coming. And you can hold different opinions on all of those things, and that's fine because none of those things affect our salvation. The great truth is Jesus is going to come back. And that's what we can unify on. And so don't try and convert everyone to believe like you believe on the issues that are negotiable. Just believe the, the solid, rock-solid truths of Jesus, Son of God, Son of Man, died on a cross, rose again. Amen? And so peace starts on the inside and then emanates out. Number two is humility. Don't promote yourself and be interested in others. Humility. Not like that, the pastor that said, well, we all know it's pronounced as a W. And we, have, we can't give on this. Who gives a rip whether it's a W or a V? Really? Does it make any difference? Is it worth dividing over? That pastor and the statement that he makes there is full of pride. And needs, they need to be humble. You know, it needs to be something like, well, you know, I personally believe it's pronounced as a W. But if you want to be a V person, that's fine. Let's unify because we love Jesus humility number three is gentleness gentleness and here it means to endure offenses without anger or a desire for revenge but rather to exercise a forgiving spirit so when someone does something or says something that is hurtful you just say you know what i'm not going to get even and i will forgive you gentleness and then fourthly is patience Patience means to put up with the shortcomings, faults, and weaknesses of others in love. That's what we do in any family, isn't it? That's what we do in our family. And sorry if this is news to you, but our family is a really ordinary family. I hope none of you have got us on a pedestal and think that we've got it all together, because <laughs> we so haven't. Christy and I, we're just an ordinary couple. We have our disagreements like any couple. In early in our married life, we had lots of disagreements. We had some really full-on arguments. We had, well, I'm going out for dinner with some friends one night, and we were just arguing, and, and in the end, Christy just said, Stop the car! I'm getting out! And I said, Good! <laughs> so I did, and she did, and I drove off. It was wonderful. <laughs> and then about five minutes later, I got the guilt. <laughs> <laughs> so I turned around and I found her and I said, come on, get in. She said, oh. <laughs> You'd be glad to know we haven't done that for a long time now. It was just, we just celebrated our 25th, sorry, our 20th anniversary um, just back in, in January. But we've been, like any couple, been through our tough times. Our kids argue. Sometimes Gigi and Paris go off at each other. We have the same challenges in our family that you have in your family. And it's so good to know that. So don't put us on a pedestal. Don't think we've got it all together because we haven't. And I don't think we're going to have it all together this side of heaven. But we work at it and we love each other and love is the glue. 
that, that, that keeps us all together. We're patient with each other. We put up with our shortcomings, our faults and our weaknesses. And if we can do that in a family unit, how much more do we need to do it in a large family unit like Bayside Church? There are people in this church congregation that are going to get right up your nose at different times. And rather than leaving and going and joining another church down the road where you're going to f- bump into the same problem, just stay with the people you know and work it through. I've found that when you work it through, you actually go deeper with people. Some people never go deep with people because they're looking for perfection, this side of heaven, and they live constantly disappointed lives. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, if you would, and I'm going to finish up with this and a little illustration. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Is it getting warm in here or is it just me? No, it's warm, yeah, I thought it was warm. I just thought I was on fire for Jesus. <laughs> Hopefully I am. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, and uh, let's pick it up from verse 12, where Paul is talking about the body. The body is a unit though it is made up of many parts and though all its parts are many they form one body so it is with Christ and then he talks about the same baptism that he speaks about in um, in Ephesians for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body so at at salvation he, he took the Holy Spirit took you and immersed you into the body of Christ and then he starts talking about differences here so all differences whether Jews or Greeks so he's saying there are people of different nationalities we're all different and yet we were taken by the one spirit and immersed into the one body slave or free so putting it in modern terminology we're all from a different economic background and 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 different stages and levels of life if you like but when we said yes to Jesus the Holy Spirit took us and immersed us into one body and then we were given all given the one spirit to drink or to partake of the holy spirit who fills us here paul is talking about unity and diversity and that's what he talks about in ephesians 4 as well because and this is so important one body but many members each of us you've got a body and your body is made up of lots of different members and when they're all working well together life is good right If one member becomes out of joint in some way, then it affects your entire body. It actually makes you feel worse, all of you. Same in the church. When one member is suffering, the Bible says we should all suffer with that member. We should all be empathetic uh, with that member. Unity and diversity. And I want to finish with this today because this is so important. Some churches are looking for cookie-cutter Christians. Because they get unity mixed up with uniformity. So it's like rolling out the dough to make a gingerbread, to make gingerbread men. And you get your little cookie cutter and you put it into the, into the gingerbread mixture over and over and over and over again. And then you put them all on a tray and you put them in the oven and they all look just the same. When I first became a Christian back in the 70s, unity equaled uniformity. And that didn't go well for me because... Uh, of my background. I mean, I was a a DJ on a rock radio station, a top 40 radio station in Western Australia. I was involved in the New Age movement, into the occult. I binge drank. I I partook of drugs. Uh, You name it. I had long blonde hair. Just use your imagination. And an earring. And I used to dress from op shops. 
And so, and I walked into a church where they all dressed in suits and ties, all the men and the women dressed in long dresses and they had to put a covering on their head if they wanted to speak out loud or pray in the church because they had a wrong understanding of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and, 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 and the head coverings. So you can imagine me walking into that. They didn't know what to do with me and I didn't know what to do with them. I used to go down the beach and surf on a Sunday morning. We had an 11 o'clock service and I'd walk in with my boardies and a singlet, sometimes thongs, sometimes bare feet, always sand. And I'd sit there on, on my seat and I remember one morning we had communion and I just sat there and I, I leant forward and I'd been dumped a few times by a few waves and all this water rushed out of my nose all, all over the floor. They didn't know what to do with me. And you'd imagine, because of my background, I had a whole lot of stuff on the inside that needed to be fixed up. But they were focused on the outside. One of the first things they said to me was, get a suit and tie. Get your hair cut. Take your earring out. It was all about externals. The church was known for what it was against and what they didn't do. I think the church needs to be known for what it's for and what it does do. But we didn't smoke and we didn't drink and we didn't watch movies and we didn't dance and we didn't wear makeup and rock and roll was of the devil and here I was from from a rock radio station with this amazing record collection hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of vinyl records I want to declare vinyl is going to make a return I'm so excited. I was in Meyer at Southland on Friday night with the youth and Southland spies and I went into Meyer and in their uh, tech department they have record players for sale now. Amazon have a whole vinyl section, Amazon vinyl, and you can buy all these vinyl albums. But I walked into this church and rock and roll was of the devil. So get rid of your record collection. And I bowed to that pressure. And you know, some of the records had to go. Some of them were dodgy. And some of them had an association for me, like a bad association. So there was music that I used to smoke joints to, for example. And then whenever I'd listen to that music, I'd want to have a joint. So, you know, so Van Morrison. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance. I want you to know now that I can listen to moon dance without wanting to smoke a joint. I just wanted to get that out there. I've been healed, brothers and sisters. So good. <laughs> but that was the church I went to. They got unity and uniformity mixed up. The Bible talks about unity with diversity. I want us to illustrate this in closing. I'm going to ask Jordan if you'd come up right now, mate. And Jordan's going to play some beautiful, inspired music on the piano. No pressure. And uh, I want you to close your eyes just for a moment, if you would, and have a listen to what he plays, and, and then I'm going to interview him to finish up.
Okay, that was beautiful, wasn't it? You feel refreshed just listening to that? It's lovely. Now, did you just make that up on the spot? Um, it's. I sort of play the same thing every time I come up, just a little bit. It's sort of a basic kind of C, F, and G for you, so for you of you, who, who of you who know what I'm talking about. Um, so it's pretty much just your one, four, and five, and then I put a little bit of juicy bits in there, and it makes it nice. Okay, so just switch that music off. Lovely. Ah, the silence. The serenity from the castle. Tell us about the notes you were playing, because I, 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 you know, I know quite a lot about music, but there was more than one note, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So the, the basis of what I was playing was three chords. So as I said, C, F, and G, and then relative minors, your A minor, so that's the little minor bit in there, makes it nice and juicy. A little bit of um, uh, C, I'll, I'll show you, ready? So C, C's that one, F's that one, G's that one, and then, so you'd put like second notes in, which is that one, which, which you know, makes it sound nice and, and a little bit of F there, which is cool. Second again, so it's your F2, which is nice. G, there's your minor that I said before, which is nice. G, F, and back to C again. There's a million, million songs that use exactly that, but, you know, that's my little version of it. Okay, isn't that stunning? The thing I love about that is that there's diversity, and yet it sounds nice. So what we have here is unity and diversity happening together. Now, the church I was talking about before in Western Australia, they'd, they'd played this note here. That was it, which does sound like the beginning of a song. It sounds like the Dolly Parton song, 9 to 5. Working 9 to 5. Isn't that right? Yeah. But the problem was that when I joined the church, I played these notes. And they didn't know what to do. with me because unity equal uniformity and so there was no harmony and then there was discord because that church would split over and over and over again give us an example of discord please it's horrible isn't it now no pressure at all but can you play twinkle twinkle little star out of tune <laughs> no. Does that sound nice or horrible? <laughs> That's great. So the truth here, and the, remember, God is the creator of music. So he took different notes, and he knew that when we played those different notes together, they would sound nice. And that's the truth here. When we play our notes together, they sound nice. So this is very freeing. I want you to play the notes in life that God's given you to play. It's about your personality and your gifts and your abilities and working together and working through difficulties with one another and making, a beautiful, making beautiful music together, which will resonate throughout the city of Frankston and people will hear it and go, I want what they've got. Let's work against discord and let's not be a one note church.
Because that's boring. Okay. Isn't that great truth? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Put your hands together for Jordan. Over to you, Stewie. We hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast. If you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information, check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au. Church has changed. Check it out.